welcome to Social School Podcast, hosted by Kristen Busquette of Your Social Mate, where we come to you every Tuesday with the scoop on what's happening in the world of social media. If you like what you hear today, we have an incredible mentorship program where we help creators monetize their influence that we'd love to chat with you about. So shoot us a DM. While you're here, we'd also love to hear your feedback. If you love this episode, leave our podcast a review. We also post a ton of social media tips on our social media profiles at Your Social Mate and at KBoosk. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 11 of Social Scoop. I can't believe that we're in 2022, and I feel like I am definitely not the only one who is just baffled by the fact that 2021 went away that fast. (laughs) So much happened last year, but also it just feels like the year completely flew by, and that 2020 and 2021 were just merged into one kind of annoying year. (laughs) So 2022, I feel like I have a lot more of a positive outlook and, you know, I'm ready to just kill it this year and help other people do the same and take on some exciting business ventures this year and just see what happens. That's like the best feeling of the new year is like there's so much ahead of us and we have absolutely no idea what's coming, which is scary, but I think it's also really cool because there just could be so much awesome stuff that we don't know is going to happen. So with that being said, let's get into some things that we do know are going to happen. Social media updates. (laughs) Actually, the year or the week of Christmas, there were not really any updates, which was very nice. We had a couple weeks off, but they, you know, are coming back into 2022 ready to you know, overwhelm us with (laughs) updates, some good and some I have mixed feelings about as usual. So let's dive right into them. First, I wanted to give you an update on this TikTok repost option that I had talked about in our last episode. Basically, what this is, is on TikTok, you'll be able to repost someone else's TikTok video. It's like a reshare, kind of like a retweet almost, I guess you could say. And my question to the app developer that was talking about it, I was asking like, what happens when you repost one of these videos? Because repost to me sounds like it would go on my feed, you know? So I was like, that could be really confusing and weird. So how does this work? And he did get back to me and he said that resharing that clip or someone else's video goes onto the following and the for you feeds, but it does not go onto your actual feed. So it basically just, again, kind of retweets it, but it doesn't show up on your profile, which I think is really cool. So if there's a video where you thought it was funny or you think it could be maybe really valuable, you can repost that video to your followers. Now, my question with this is like, do you get any sort of, not credit, but like if I were to reshare a video, like would people know that I reshared it or would it just kind of come up randomly in their For You page or in their following page? That's something I'm not sure of the answer of, but either way, I think this is a really cool option to just kind of see more content that maybe would be relevant to you because other people who you're following are sharing those videos. So I'm excited about this. I haven't personally seen it roll out on my TikTok. This is something that they are just testing. So we'll see what it actually comes out. But if anyone already has it, let me know. I'm really excited to see what it looks like. TikTok is also working on what they're calling collections for favorite videos. And this, it's funny because it's usually the other way around but this reminds me of something that Instagram does that TikTok is kind of reworking for their platform which again usually it's Instagram copying what TikTok does 
But I think this is a really good idea and something that I will personally use quite a bit and I'm sure a lot of people listening will as well. Collections is basically like how you can save things on Instagram into folders and have them really nice and organized. You will be able to organize all your favorite videos on TikTok as well. And it's something that only you can see. So same as Instagram saves when you go into all of your saved photos. Only you can see those and organize them. So this is really similar, but just the TikTok version. Some users actually recently got this and then it was almost immediately taken away. So I don't know if it may be released on accident or something, but who knows? Either way, not a lot of people actually have this as of right now, but it is definitely something that is confirmed coming out. So I'm really excited for this one. I've talked about this a million times. I'm a very organizational type A person. So, you know, this is going to be right up my alley. It's already making me excited. I'm already thinking about all the different collections that I'm going to have on TikTok. Now, one of the biggest pieces of news as of recently was the new Instagram home feeds where there's going to be feed options. And over the last couple of weeks since we last talked, this is something that they are actually confirmed doing. Like a lot of people already have this. And Andrew is one of those people who already got it. It always drives me crazy that he gets all the testing stuff before I do. And I'm just like, he doesn't even care. He doesn't even like using this stuff. Like, give it to me. I will definitely do good with it, okay? (laughs) Instagram hates me. I don't know. Maybe it knows I have mixed feelings about it. But either way, Andrew got this new feature, so I was able to play around with it. And I wanted to give you the kind of inside scoop on what it's like when you actually have this feature. So basically on the, when you open the Instagram app and hit that little house in the bottom left-hand corner, you will be taken to what your feed normally looks like now, which is basically Instagram organizing the content of the people that you follow in a way that they feel like you want to see it in that order. So what that will look like is the home feed. So in the top left-hand corner, you'll notice that there's going to be eventually, if you, you may not have it now, obviously, but top left-hand corner, there will be a drop-down menu where you have three options. Home, which is exactly the way it is now. Nothing will change there. That's Instagram sorting it for you. Then there will also be the option of a following feed. Now, when you click on that, That will open all of the posts of the people that you follow in chronological order. So this is basically how that chronological order update is going to work. When they originally announced it, I thought it would be like a a button that you could kind of like tick on and off, but it's actually just a completely separate feed. So you can hit home to go to the Instagram sorted option, following to go to chronological option, and then there's also a third option called favorites. And this is basically where you can put specific people that you for sure want to see their content and you can put them into your favorites and then your favorites will only show those people's new posts. And this actually, I'm not sure if it's in chronological or if it's in like the Instagram sorted order. That's actually a really good question. I totally didn't think of that until this exact moment, actually. (laughs) But for Andrew, yeah, home stayed completely the same. It was not chronological. The following feed was chronological. And then favorites was when he first opened it, auto-populated to the 10 people that he talks to most. But there is a button that says manage favorites where he could go in and like remove some of those people add however many other people one question that I was actually asked about this recently is 
Is there a limit on how many people you can add to your favorites? And from playing around with Andrew's phone, I didn't notice that at all. So not as far as I know, but we also didn't try and add like a bazillion people to it. So that's something we'll find out as time goes on. But as of right now, that can be easily managed right through that manage favorites feature. In the update where they confirmed all of this, they basically said that it's out for quite a few people now, but they're hoping to work out all of the kinks. And then come middle of the year, they want hopefully everyone to have this feature. So expect a new home feed coming your way. I have... I've talked about this before, but again, I kind of have mixed feelings about this. I can see it being really awesome, and I can also see it being really stressful, again, like many other things for creators on social media. So, I can see it being really awesome, mostly for the user. You know, for me as a user, not as a creator, I'm excited to have all of my favorite people on a favorite spot. I like the option of chronological or, you know, Instagram sorted option. So I do like that there's options and I can see this being really helpful for me to actually see people's content that I want to see. However, it does make me a little nervous for creators, especially if people are going to be mostly spending time on their favorites feed or their following feed, that's my guess, that could take a lot of opportunity away from creators and I feel like it's going to put this stress on us where we're like, hey everyone, make sure you add us to your favorites or we'll be irrelevant basically and I just hate when there are new features like that that just make me feel like I have to ask more of my audience because at the end of the day, like, I want to not have to ask my audience anything, but I just feel like it does add this, you know, extra pressure on us creators to be, like, trying to get onto everyone's favorites list and I'm tired just thinking about it. I can't be the only one. I mean, what is what is everyone else's thoughts on this? I would love to hear your thoughts. Definitely send me a DM, a message, whatever. Um, and, and try and introduce me to some new perspectives here because I'm curious to see what everyone else's thoughts are on this. I don't know yet. I'll tell you once I have it and I'm able to play around with it for a while. But as of right now, I'm not sure how to feel which is a lot of the times how I feel about social media. <laughs> I just never know how to. Another update with Instagram that I actually just heard about today. I'm recording this on Monday, the day before the episode will go live. Instagram badges is going to be available for all creators. Well, most creators. They put all, but they don't actually mean all. <laughs> Let me clarify. So Instagram badges for anyone who doesn't know, this was huge in summer-ish of 2021. Basically what badges are, they are an option that you can enable on Instagram as a creator where you can invite your audience basically to leave you almost what I would consider a tip for going live on Instagram, which I can see this being really awesome, but also, again, you're, like, asking your audience for money, which I don't love. Like, just like my pictures, that's all I ask. I don't need your money. But, again, some people may find a lot of value in your Instagram lives, and maybe they're like, you know what? I want to, like, thank her. Let me leave her a dollar. It's it's only a dollar, and, you know, I want to say thank you for all the valuable information. So, I definitely think there are people like audience members who will be watching your lives they'll be like yeah let me do this but then other people who are like is she asking for money like what the hell I don't know mixed feelings again they can leave tip amounts of 99 cents $1.99 or 4.99 
Now, the big hype around badges, last year in the summer, in 2021, they did this big incentive where it was a badges incentive. They gave it to only a small amount of creators. I was somehow put into that group and I did have badges incentives. What that was, was every time I would go live and enable the badges feature, they would give me like a certain amount of money. They wanted me and other creators to be using this badges feature probably so that everyone was like, oh, what's this? Like, this seems cool and kind of introduce it before what they're doing now, releasing it to all creators. So the thing to remember here is that the incentive is not part of what they're releasing. That was only last summer. That is not happening anymore to my knowledge. However, badges, just that ability to ask people for those or invite people to leave you these quote unquote tips, this is what's coming out to everyone. So I want to read you a quote so that there's no misinformation here. They said, quote, from today, if you're eligible to use badges and they're available in your country, they will now be automatically enabled for all lives so you can seamlessly begin monetizing. Another thing that they put on here is, quote, in order to get access to IG Live badges, creators need to be aged over 18, have a creator or business account in the app, and then they also need to have over 10,000 followers and they need to be compliant with the platform's various partner monetization policies and community guidelines, yada yada. One thing I also want to note with this, last summer when they were doing the incentive, they did not take out any fees from the money that people are paying you. Like, this money was going straight to the creator who it was meant to be given to, obviously. However, in an article I read last year when this first came out, it did say that that would be changing in the future. So as of right this moment, now that it is available for all creators who are eligible, I have not personally seen anywhere where they said they're going to take out fees, but just keep watching your account. When people do leave you, um, you know, one of these little tips, watch and see if the full amount does get paid to you because I know that this is going to happen eventually. At the end of the day, Instagram is a business. And so, you know, I'm sure they're going to start taking a percentage of this at some point, especially now that everyone is eligible to use it or everyone who is eligible now has the option to use it. So these were all of my updates for today. I am so excited about the episode interview that we're about to get into. So Coded Agency, they're an agency I've been connected with for quite a while now. Take note on what they're saying. These are the people that are actually choosing you as a creator. It's so important that you listen to what they say because they are literally the ones who are going to get you paid in many situations. Now, one thing to note, not every brand uses an agency. In many situations, you may be speaking directly with the brand, doing all your negotiations and communications with just the brand. But in many, many instances, you're going to have a middleman who is this agency. They are responsible for making or breaking you, basically. So please make sure that you take everything they say and really think about how you can implement it for your page because a lot of the tips that they give you are going to be total game changers. I'm so excited to hear how you like this episode. And please, if you have any suggestions for anyone you want to hear from on the podcast, please let me know. Send me a DM. As always, thank you guys so much. And let's get into the interview. So I'm so excited to be bringing Coded Agency to you today. I have so many awesome questions that I'm actually really excited to hear the answers to. So I hope that this is just as exciting for everyone listening. So we have Jules and 
Jasmine here who are going to give us a little rundown about what Coded is and what they do on a daily basis. Yeah. So hi, I'm Jules. I can talk a little bit about Coded Agency. We are a minority-owned female-led agency that specializes in PR, influencer marketing, social media events, and just kind of the whole the whole gamut. We have our headquarters in Hollywood with locations in New York City as well as France. So kind of have people all over the globe. And we are a growing team of about 13 right now and just all have a variety of experience working with, you know, media relations, showroom, you know, paid partnerships with influencers, et cetera. And our clients really range across industries. So, you know, we have everything from fashion brands to footwear, fitness, home decor. So a lot of beauty and skincare as well. So really just a a diverse roster. And I would say that our agency is extremely results oriented. That's kind of our, kind of our MO is just being super proactive, creative, thinking outside the box and, and really getting meaningful coverage and brand awareness out there for our clients. Amazing. And so for both of you guys, what does your day-to-day look like? I'm really curious to hear this. I think the great thing about PR is that every day is different. I think I handle all of like our influencer marketing and showroom operations. So any given week, I may have like eight appointments with influencers in our virtual showroom, which we created during the pandemic. I know a lot of showrooms closed down, which was unfortunate. Um, And our founder kind of wanted to figure out a way that we can still connect with these influencers in a more personal way than like, oh, here's a lookbook, like pick yeah. something. But so we have this like e-commerce website that's a vir- or, yeah, like a virtual interface with featuring all of our brands. You do appointments over Zoom, which is still great to be able to see people and like yeah. put a name to the face so people can meet me. I'm meeting them. Yeah, we're doing campaigns, like tons of stuff all the time. So it's always different, but... Yeah. Every day literally must be different from the last, which is good and bad. I feel like it can get overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) but I think we do our best to maintain it all. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So Jasmine works really closely on the influencer marketing side with like our paid partnerships and whatnot. And then myself as the VP, just kind of like more oversight, higher level strategy. And I also have a lot of experience in both PR and influencer marketing. So I kind of work across you know, both of those categories. Yeah. You, you literally do a little bit of everything. (laughs) Definitely. So where does coded come in with like the influencer to brand, you know, like collaborations there. I know that a lot of people listening right now kind of understand what an agency does, but maybe not fully like how that whole process works. So I would love to hear kind of like from beginning to end, how your influencer brand relationship works with you in the middle. I think the great thing about working at an agency is you get to work with a bunch of different brands versus working in house and just working with one brand. Basically though, we have a roster of clients that come to us with completely different goals and ideas of like what they want to do with influencer marketing, like how they want to get their brand out there. So I think again, with every day being different, we get to kind of do a little bit of everything depending on like what our client wants. But we are serving as kind of like the bridge or the middleman between the brand and the content creators. You see a lot of brands reaching out directly to creators saying like, hey, we want you to post about this product or we want you to join this campaign. Instead of the brand reaching out directly, we're kind of like handling 
all of that communication. A lot of times too, we're also like conceptualizing the campaigns, putting together lists upon lists of influencers to work with. Um, (laughs) So it's definitely a lot of research, but we're like, our brands come to us as the experts and saying like, what should we do? Like we have this new product launching, like how should we advertise it? We put it out there and it's kind of on us to come up with a plan and hopefully um, execute that. Yeah. Right. It ranges everything from just like ongoing, you know, product seeding efforts and gifting people for organic coverage to like large scope campaigns where we have like a very clear ask instead of deliverables in place. Okay. Yeah. I think it's pretty interesting too, because we have a lot of like small business owners that listen to the podcast as well. And I know for myself as a small business owner, being in charge of like all the logistics, the creatives actually like creating the product, if that's what the business does, like it's so much. So I'm sure that having someone to kind of take some of that off their plate, first of all, logistically would be amazing, but also I love that you guys also help with, you know, all of the actual creative and kind of, you know, you know, what works a lot better than maybe some small business who's like working with influencers for the first time. And that could definitely be very, very helpful. So it's actually really cool that you help with like the concepts too. I actually didn't even know that. Yes. We try to put on like many different hats, but a lot of the times <laughs> we do have brands coming to us and they're like, we want to do something cool. Like, what does that yeah. look like? And it's up to us to say like, okay, like let's think back to like campaigns that we've seen in the past like how can we take that and like make it different or like we saw that that didn't work like how can we do something that like fits what the product is so so you must have to stay on top of all the trends yes I think Instagram is definitely a blessing and a curse Um, (laughs) yeah I can agree to that (laughs) so many brands doing so many things but again it's just part of our job to be like constantly on top of these platforms like knowing what's coming next like what brands should no longer do. I mean, you see so many brands doing things wrong, which I kind of think is kind of great to see that. So that we say, okay, no, we know we can't do that or like, shouldn't do that. Exactly. You can learn from their mistakes. (laughs) From what I understand. So the brand typically provides you with basically like, okay, so this is what we want to do for our product, or this is maybe an idea we have for a campaign. They basically give you a budget at the start of the campaign, I assume. And then how do you decide like, on an, when it's an influencer campaign, how do you decide like how you're spreading out that budget? Like, is it typically based on like what the campaign goals are or how does that work? I think there's a lot of different aspects that go into it. There are times that brands do come to us with like, oh, we have X amount of dollars that we want to put towards this. And sometimes they just say, Hey, we have this new bag. Come up with something and like (laughs) make it work. And we, have to sit down and say, okay, like, let's try to get 10 influencers to post this product. And like, it's kind of a combination of how much do we think would make sense to spend on this? And like looking at ROI, like how much we want to make back from the campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I'm also constantly gathering like rates and media kits of people. So just like having to know people's rates off the top of your head, like, oh, oh I know gosh. we can get these five girls for like this amount of money. So like, let's for sure include them. I think, yeah, it's yeah. kind of different every time, but that's like generally the process. Okay. Yeah. It's also just like timelines, like depending on how fast they need it. Like if they want to 
us to have, you know, five influencers post about a, you know, holiday gift that they want to promote. We would obviously be already late to that (laughs) um, campaign. So just like, you know, going out to like close contacts, if that's the case, and just making sure that we have that talent readily accessible to tap if needed. And then, you know, if we do have more flexibility with the timeline, then we would, you know, really spend time kind of figuring out how we want to tease out the campaign and the posting schedule. And are we going to have everybody post on the same day or kind of a cadence of posts? But yeah. And I think in addition to that, we have a lot of, I would say the majority of our clients are just retained on a monthly basis. And that, you know, is outside of like a paid campaign. They essentially just have us as a partner that's consistently reaching out to on-brand influencers, you know, every, every day, every week, every month. And that's just to have like a steady flow of, you know, organic coverage coming through, which I think helps, helps like bolster any campaign. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Jasmine, you said something about ROI and I know I'm kind of jumping around. I have like a good order of questions here, but I always think of things as they (laughs) come up and I have to say it before I forget it. So when it comes to ROI, I know myself and I've actually had this conversation with plenty of my creator friends as well. Sometimes with ROI, it's very scary for us because we post something and, you know, like we do our absolute best creating the content, you know, the caption, all of that. And sometimes Instagram just like, is not having it that day. And (laughs) I always feel so horrible because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this brand is going to hate me. Like, you know, it didn't get the engagement that I typically would expect. How does that, like, how do you guys look at that? Is that, do you understand like, what creators are dealing with so you get it or like is the brand kind of pissed off and you guys have to find a way to like make it work I think we do our best to kind of like manage expectations and communicate that I mean I think Instagram is like we're finding out its own beast and like yeah the algorithm can like you one day and like your Mm -hmm. post is getting a ton of engagement and the next day like no one sees it. We obviously hope that doesn't happen (laughs) in the case that like we're paying someone, but I think we do a good job of just like communicating to our clients, like, Hey, this didn't make like as much as we thought it was going to, like, maybe we supplement with like additional content or we try to like the post, like we'll post it from our agency, Instagram to just like boost the reach. I think there's like a number of different things we can do. Obviously, it's very scary when it is a numbers game and they're like, Hey, we're right. expecting you to sell like this amount, but I think we just do our best. Yeah. To- right. In a situation like that, would you say that like, you know, like if it was something that again, like the influencer kind of like did everything right. And it just didn't go the way we thought it would. Does that make that influencer like less rehirable, I guess, you know, like how, how does that kind of like yeah. change you're, you're viewing, I guess, on certain influence. I don't know. I know me personally, like I won't completely discount you and like count you out. Okay. I think we'll maybe say like, okay, let's like maybe wait a minute before we work with him or her again, or like try to look at that and say like, oh, we only had her post this much content. Maybe we like boost how much she posts next time so that we okay. can like, get more views. On yeah. And I also think it's like, depends on the client goals. For example, if, if, you know, post isn't getting the likes or engagement that we would have hoped, like we have in place usage rights where then, you know, the client can reshare on their end and, you know, the yeah. content's really beautiful. So maybe it's, you know, on the next campaign, we just hire them to create those like beautiful visuals that we can then re- reshare. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. I definitely like, I, 
I love when my campaigns also include usage because I'm like, okay, well, at least like if things go crazy yeah. out of my control, I'm like, they're still getting like plenty, you know, yeah. from it. So I definitely always love that. So that's really good that you guys kind of, I always get worried about that. I'm like, I hope they understand that. Like, I'm not just like slacking over here yeah. and I, I'm really doing everything I can, but totally. you know, again, sometimes like we don't know how things are going to come out. Yeah. We try to like do our best to, to counteract that. However we can, so. Yeah. I always notice too, that whenever I can like work with a brand on a, you know, multiple post basis, mm -hmm. I always see better results. And it, I know most of the time when I'm working directly with the brand, I try and kind of like explain that to them. And it's hard to get a brand to kind of like commit for multiple posts <laughs> if they don't know how it's going to go. But I'm like, I swear it will go better yeah. if yeah. my people can see it multiple times. Cause sometimes again, it doesn't get shown to the people or, you know, like maybe that post for whatever reason didn't resonate with people or like, you just sometimes have to hear about it a few times to be like, all right, she must really like it if she doesn't shut yeah. up about it. <laughs> I think we're trying to incorporate that too in the campaigns that we're doing just because we see more yeah. success with like multiple posts than we do with like a one and done where like someone might be like oh that's random like I never heard her talk about that and then exactly kind of like <laughs> breezed over so totally right that. yeah sometimes it feels more like an ad if it's not like happening all the time being talked about yeah so you guys connect brands with like you know the best again influencers for their marketing goals again if it's brand awareness or sales whatever that is how do you typically find the influencers that you present to the brand or that you hire? Uh, I mean, I, myself, I am always like scrolling on Instagram <laughs> and screenshotting people. My phone is full of screenshots, oh, of pages, but I think there's a variety of different things that we look for first being like the type of content that they're creating, like making sure their content like fits the aesthetic of the brand making sure like that would be a natural fit for them to share right. whatever it is that we're trying to promote the quality of their content location goes into that like where they're based some of our brands like we've had campaigns where like, they only want to focus on the UK or they only want to focus on the US I think engagement obviously <laughs> plays a huge role into that I think though too what we can do like when I don't know you see someone who like creates beautiful content but like maybe their engagement is a little low we do our best to kind of sell that person to the brand and say hey we know that like yes. her numbers or his numbers aren't what they should be but like look at this content. Like we really think like this could be valuable. I don't know if I missed anything. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the ideal scenario is when a client has an idea or they're coming out with a launch and we already have, like, we already have go-to, yeah. you know, relationships with those influencers that fit yeah. the bill. I think that's always great. Cause it's authentic. You know, them, you know, how they work, you know, they're professional and you want to give them the budget, you know, you want to give them right. part of the budget and support them. So I think that's always ideal is just having like a, a Rolodex that we can go through first. And then obviously I think it's really fun to kind of get challenge yourself and find new kind of avenues where you haven't necessarily tapped into a right. lot of influencers and like really explore that. And with that, we just, yeah, it's a lot of just like exploring, having interns, you know, jump in and help the team. Like, oh, I just found this person on Instagram. We also have databases that we use that just kind of show like engagement and who's trending. And I think that always helps okay. to just get the ball rolling. Yeah. Right. So Jasmine, you were talking about like one, not like necessarily a requirement, but one thing that, you know, makes you look at an influencer and be like, hmm, is, you know, high quality content. This is something I think about a lot. Cause I know that 
on Instagram, from what I've noticed is that there's almost like this shift of like really high quality professional photos to a lot more people doing things that are like not lower quality, but like more natural and like Mm -hmm. more casual. Mm -hmm. Is that something that like helps or hurts creators? So, you know, like I think about my page, I come from a photography background, so I feel weird taking a photo with my iPhone. (laughs) So I, I don't like, don't know if I'll ever be able to do it, but like, sometimes I think, you know, I could just take this, this picture with my phone, but I'm like, oh, well, I don't want brands to think that like, this is what I would deliver to them. So do you find that more brands are like interested in that more casual content as of recently? I think it really depends on the brand. I mean, I think there are also a lot of influencers that do have a photography background, which I found interesting where people are like, oh, I shoot like campaigns only with this camera and like my other stuff I like do with iPhone. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Like I didn't really know the difference. It just depends on like what the brand is looking for. Like if they want something that looks like super high-end super editorial you may be like hey if you can like get a photographer to shoot this if you can't shoot it yourself like let us know we've definitely accommodated people in the past when it was needed but I think they can be pretty flexible as long as it looks high quality I think like if you can make it look good with an iPhone yeah like no blurry photo but there have been times where yeah we've been like hey like we need you to find someone to shoot this if like we don't want it shot on an iPhone so okay Yeah, that makes sense. I always think about making a little bit of a shift and I'm just like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, cause I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm riding a good thing right now and I'm afraid to mess with anything. (laughs) What are the things that you pay most attention to when you get on an influencer's Instagram or TikTok? Like, are there any like logistic things? Like, do you care about what's in their bio or headline or like Instagram story highlight? You know, do you look at like views on reels and engagement on reels? Like, I know you said engagement rate, follower number, quality, but we look at engagement rate, I think across the board. It's funny you brought up bios because I do think we look at that. We obviously are fine if people are like, openly outspoken about whatever but I think sometimes our brands are like oh we don't want someone like super political or like whatever just so that there's like no bad attention I think drawn to the brand but also we look at like I know there's like meme accounts that are super popular but like I'm looking at someone's page and I'm like they only post like I don't know like meme videos or like like, oh like that's probably not the best fit for like what we're envisioning with this campaign that makes sense I think yeah that's mainly yeah aesthetic like quality of content which I think we covered location obviously plays a role a lot of the time like if we have a client that is you know more popular in certain markets or has like a brick and mortar store or something that wants to be promoted we really like hone in on those markets they don't have like back-to-back ads posted I think you can sometimes look at someone's page and you're like ad 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 exactly yes okay this person might just be like taking whatever money they can get which is fine but but also it like distrust (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly exactly you want it to be authentic right right yeah I remember reading on some influencer platform that like they prefer or most brands prefer like 50% or less of your posts to be sponsored posts. Does that sound like pretty spot on? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, our brands also gravitate towards obviously people that are like already a fan of the brand or like have used it before, or like we keep track of like people that are just posting organically. And I'm like, Hey, this person has posted like 10 times in the last month without us paying anything. Like we should 
definitely yeah. like use her for something. So we pay attention to that too. Yeah. That's really good to know. That's something I know, like for my mentorship students, I'm like, if you're pitching to a brand, please at least follow them on Instagram. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's gotta be something you guys look into yeah. <laughs> with like logistics or even like stats of an influencer. Are there any specific specifics that you look for when choosing the influencers to work with in terms of like, you know, if they have 10 K and they have a 1% engagement rate, would that make you like, maybe not hire them? Do you have like certain industry standards for things like engagement rate or even like with like quality of comments and things like that? Like, do those make a difference for you? Yeah, I think definitely when we're looking at paying someone, we do like that much more research on their page and like, right. If they do have a lower engagement rate, great, but we still want to pay them. We're like, okay, maybe we like negotiate a rate that like makes more sense for like what's being okay. delivered, which not everyone wants to hear, but I think like we just have to make it make sense. Yeah. But we definitely are looking at like the quality of contents, making sure it's not just like spam accounts, like Exactly. Like you're actually responding to your followers comments, like whatever people are commenting on your posts, like, is she taking the time to like respond to these people? Because if we do something sponsored, we want her to be like jumping in and like, right. Like pushing them towards the website, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I I think with looking through comments too, like I even do this with other influencers where you know, I see that like some influencers just never respond to comments. And I would think as a brand, I would be like, well, she's not like helping us here. It's you're almost like not doing a piece of your job as an influencer, creating a sponsored piece of content. If you're not like helping to build that excitement around the brand. Yeah. Like if, if it's a clothing brand, someone says, oh my gosh, I love your shirt. I'm not going to be like, thanks. I'm going to be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I got yeah, this brand. It's amazing. Like, yeah. Exactly. So do you usually look on like old sponsored posts to see how that kind of stuff goes? Yes. But I also think like, I'm also looking at like their everyday posts, like just like yeah. the random ones too, because I'm like, that's something you didn't get paid for. So like, yep. Let me see like how you are. When, like you're not. Yeah. Like on an everyday basis. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's also an important thing for you to look at too, I'm sure, because then, you know, like, okay, this influencer clearly has an audience that's loyal to them and cares what they have to say. And obviously when it comes to, you know, making the brand money, that's going to be very important. Yeah. A lot of our brands too will say like, do you think she can sell? Like, do you think she's going to like push this product? Well, and we have, if we're saying yes, I'm like, it needs, we need to like be able to back that up. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So during the process of working with an influencer, like after you've already hired them, are there things along the way that make you want to continue to work with that influencer again? You know, like how can an influencer be an ideal candidate for like more long-term partnerships or repeat partnerships? I know you said you have a lot of people you're like monthly, let's go, you know, always kind of trying to work with that. I think just like as much as possible being like professional and pleasant. I think we all remember like someone that we worked with in the past where I was like, oh, like I'm not in a rush to do that again anytime soon. Um, But I think just like being professional, not ghosting brands when they're trying to get deliverables, being like timely with returning content. Like if we say we need content by this date, make sure it's in by that date or like give us enough time to like formulate another plan if you're going to be late versus just like not turning anything in that day. It makes us look bad in the brand's eyes and we don't like, I don't know. It's not actually your fault. Yeah. 
yeah <laughs> um, it like makes it hard to vouch for that person again when you want to do something yeah I know I've actually previously I used to do management for a couple of local companies here in Charlotte and I would help them find influencers and kind of like run their campaigns for them and I was actually really surprised by how many people just would like never say they like made their content or they would just like never send an invoice or stats or, or even just like with email communications, they would have like, they would just send an email that said like, okay, got it. Or it wouldn't be like yeah. professionalism. <laughs> and you would think like, I don't know, I guess it's a business relationship. You would think people would be more professional, but I was really surprised to see how many people weren't. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I mean, we're all busy obviously, but yeah. I feel like it just, makes so much of a difference like to go that extra mile and be like thank you so much or like I appreciate your help on this I know and like working with like managers and things like I know the people that I immediately want to go back to because I'm like oh my gosh it was so nice working with her like yeah communication was easy we also look for people that are like enthusiastic about the partnership not just like seeing dollar signs and saying like oh like this will be like a great check but saying like oh my gosh I'm so excited like about right, like I have so product. many ideas yeah yeah and I think that really shows in the content you can tell when people are like stoked about the brand <laughs> versus people right. that are like I just got the shoot done and like that's it yeah. so we definitely pay attention to that too that's good to know I know a lot of influencers especially when they're first getting started so many people are getting these emails in and they're like afraid to say no because they're like oh well like it's a partnership like of course I have to say yes but you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that does them any favors. You know, it almost just, again, makes you look like you're taking on everything possible just so you yeah. can get paid. And I think followers can kind of see through the bullshit really easily. And sure. I'm sure you guys can too. <laughs> yeah, I You've think, done it enough. Yeah. You can tell when like, it's a brand fit that makes sense versus one where it's like, that's kind of a stretch, but like, yeah. I don't know exactly and honestly like we've had people turn us down before and as much as it sucks to go back to the brand and say like hey we need to start again it just makes sense because then I feel like right. we end up with like a much more like meaningful organic yeah exactly like you can't be mad it's almost better that they like said they didn't want to do it instead of exactly. forcing it and again like everyone's uncomfortable at that point <laughs> yeah right <laughs> right okay that makes sense that's good to know so when it comes to like compensated partnerships not just gifted partnerships do most of the brands that you represent have again I'm sure this is dependent on like the brand's goals with the campaign but do they usually say like you know we need to see 10k followers or are you noticing that more brands are looking to work with like nano and micro influencers how has that been going for you guys I think it really depends like our brands come to us to be the expert and I think if we suggest someone that has 10k like we need to have a good reason for like mm -hmm. wanting to suggest this person which we have mm -hmm. in the past, I think the good thing about our campaigns is they kind of feature like a wide variety of creators, which right. we definitely try to do. I think we're finding that like micro influencers are much more engaged with their audience. So like, even though yeah. their following is smaller, their engagement rate is so much higher because like, they're just like taking yeah, the time. Yeah, they have like, the time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's easier for them too. If they don't have like a bazillion followers, they can take the time to respond to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we try to pitch our clients too and say like, okay, yeah, it looks great if someone with 2 million followers posts your brand, but like this person with like 40K, like yep. you're going to get actual like sales 
with this person. But I think also what we've started doing too is utilizing nano influencers to create content for our brands. Maybe they're not posting it on their page, yeah. but there are so many content creators out there and some people that create really beautiful content. And I think like showing our brands to utilize those people and say like, hey, they don't need to post this on our page but we can pay them to create it and pay like whatever monthly fee and you can use it for like six months and it's like more beneficial that way. Right. And it's cheaper than them having to pay for a photographer and models and makeup artists and all that other stuff. It definitely makes it easier for everyone. Yeah. I actually am curious to know, obviously, you know, Instagram, I, I see a lot of sponsor stuff on Instagram, of course, but TikTok has been surprising me with how many brands are looking to do stuff there. Mm -hmm. Do you see that more brands are like, okay, you know, like we got Instagram covered, we're mastering that, but like, let's play with TikTok. A lot. Yeah. I think more and more wanting to like move over to TikTok and we're still trying to figure it out. I feel old that I (laughs) Yeah, right. a lot about TikTok, but I think more and more our brands are like, Hey, like this went viral in like two days on TikTok. Like Right. Capitalize on that. I know in the past too, we've done like cross promotion across platforms, which has done really well for us. Like having someone create something on TikTok, like resharing it to Instagram and vice versa. Okay. Um, Yeah. I still think there's so much to learn about TikTok and like how it's being monetized. I don't (laughs) understand it, but yeah, I think, I think it is like such a more authentic like safe space you know they say it's like not as filtered and what I think some of our clients do which I think is a really great idea is create kind of like a guide like even if you're just organically gifting someone like give them a guideline sheet of like hey this these would be really like fun ideas to create content around our product and I feel like content creators are like always like that's what they want to be doing is like creating those cool reels and and videos so if we present them with like an idea for like a challenge or you know like a a fun concept then I think they're more likely to run with it rather than having to like you know turn their wheel trying to think of another creative idea especially if we're not paying them yeah Yeah. (laughs) I think that's spot on I know I actually really love getting guidelines or like even just like the littlest bit of inspiration can make me think of something instead of them being like here's our product have fun Sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, like I have so many ideas, but also no ideas all at the same time. (laughs) It's it's overwhelming. So I think that's really smart, especially like the cool little challenges and stuff. Cause then you never know, it might start trending on TikTok and could totally turn into a a beast of its own there. Yeah, exactly. TikTok is like insane. It really is. I haven't, I feel like even scratched the surface on figuring it out and there's so much more, but and yeah, and I mean, it's always changing too. So by the time you figure it out, it'll probably be different. Yep. <laughs> it's all over the place. So as an agency, I'm assuming you receive pitches from influencers. Mm-hmm. So with those pitches, what makes you look at a pitch and say, we want to work with this person. This sounds awesome. You know, what makes you want to respond and actually maybe hire them? I think for me, when I can tell that they've done research, like just like influencers don't want to be like blindly pitch something without someone like looking yeah. at their page, like look at our website, look at our brands. Like you can tell, I know it's like hard to perfectly tailor your pitches to every like agency that you're pitching, but when they're like, I'd love to work with your brand and don't mention the brand. I'm like, like, so I think that always stands out to me where I'm like, maybe they haven't done like 
like looked at our page. So I think just doing research, also being open, like I try to, I think I do respond to everyone, but when I'm responding, like offering showroom appointments, being open to that, like it's not the end of the world. I'm not saying no by any means, but I just want to give you a chance to learn more about us so that you actually like can pick a brand that you do want to work with if you don't know who our clients are and just getting a chance for like me to get to know you because a lot of the times I don't know these creators at all and it's hard for me to go to a brand and say hey let's trust them much (laughs) like I have no idea like you can send me your media kit which is helpful but like let me actually like get to know you like show you our brands like let you experience some of the product first to see if like you actually want to do a campaign with us and then Yeah. I mean, you must have so many media kits at this point, you know, like saved somewhere. (laughs) It would definitely be more helpful to actually like know the person on a deeper level. (laughs) And not to say media kits aren't helpful. Like I love them and I love to have them. It's easier to like send that to a client and say like, here's a snapshot of everything they would already be asking about. Yeah. Um, But I still just like to get that like personal connection where I'm like, let me like see where your head is at, like what you're envisioning. Yeah. Um, And if you'd even be a good fit for our brands, because we have so many different ones that like each of them kind of want something different. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, I think for an influencer to understand, like, maybe why they're not immediately getting like a, yes, let's hire you right now. Like Mm -hmm. they have to understand that you guys are your job is on the line too, you know? So like, you can't just be like, yeah, okay, cool picture. Sure. Let's give you (laughs) $5,000 because like you have absolutely no idea if that's going to turn into anything. You don't even know if they're going to respond to your emails. Like it makes sense from, you know, like as a business owner, whether you're an influencer or, you know, you guys, I think it makes sense for everyone to understand that like, there has to be a level of trust. Right. Have to understand that our brands, like when we present them with someone, the number one question is why, like why this person? Yeah. And yeah, I and we can't just say, oh, because they reached out to us blindly and wanted, wanted budgets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to look silly either. So I'm like, help me exactly. help sell you to the brand. Like, right. They want to, they're not only asking why, but like, have they tried our products before? Like, are they familiar with us? And you being like, well, no, but yeah, like how are you supposed to justify that? Exactly. So yeah, I think like <laughs> like starting the relationship organically is something that we like always mm-hmm. appreciate yeah. when an influencer is open to doing that, and That's you awesome know, not like know. not um, requiring them to post or anything like that. But I think when we do see that they genuinely love the product and their content is like really authentic, yeah. you know, yeah. if they touched base with us a month later and said, "Hey, I just wanted to check in. Like, I love my shoes." you know, what are you guys currently working on? Like, that's a great way to kind of be considered as like, oh, maybe we should go back to this person with, you know, our budget, you know? So I think it's just like maintaining those relationships and like keeping, Mm -hmm. you know, constant communication up. Cause I know we do that. We're we're constantly reaching out. Um, So, and I'm remembering those people like, oh, like we gifted her however long ago, like she did that one post or like she got back to say she like loved the boots. So I'm like, great. Like, let's include her in those conversations. Right. Yeah. That's like put her on a short list. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting. Cause I know again, like with my mentorship students, so many of my girls, you know, they, they register for the program and they're like, how do I pitch? How do I make money? And it's, it's not always such a quick process. You know, like you said, I think it's smart for influencers to understand that, like, yeah. again, like, if this is going to be an organic, authentic post that actually like resonates with people and feels good for your audience, 
like you have to try the product first, you know, like that should be a given, but also like, again, with timing and things like that, you guys might not have a campaign right this second. Like it's good for them to, again, like try things out, keep Mm -hmm. contact. And then when the timing matches up, that's like such a big, that's a big part of it. It's not maybe because you guys don't like that influencer. It could just be like, you don't have a campaign right this second or like your budget's gone. Always try to be transparent. I'm like, Hey, we have like nothing going on currently. I'm like, maybe in two months, like reach back out and let me know or like reach. Yeah. Let me know. Or I'm like, Hey, let's do a showroom appointment quickly. And I can like run them through every single brand, like this for them, like this many times a year or like this brand has something coming up in like a couple weeks. So I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. So like, I don't have to like in an email be like, no, sorry. I could say no, sorry, but, and like walk. Yeah. Give them an explanation. Right. Yeah. The open communication is so important for on both ends for sure. Totally. So my last question here for you, this is something I have been thinking about a lot this year, especially after being stuck at home for so long in the last year and a half, I have been dying to do more, more than just sponsored posts. Like I I love doing my sponsored work and content creation and everything, but you know, I think it's so cool to be able to like do, you know, in real life events and panels and like even product collaborations and things like that. Is that something that you ever see brands thinking about or like reaching out about, or are they mostly just kind of into sponsored stuff and content creation? Yeah, I think all of our brands are like looking for ways to be more creative. I think at the beginning of this year, the standard, like one static post and like set of stories was great. And now we're like, okay, like what's more interesting. So I think being more like creative in the deliverables that we're asking for. We worked with one brand where we're like, we said like, let's throw an appearance in there. Like, let's say they have to like wear this outfit, like yeah, an upcoming event. And like, that is more interesting. We're also looking for ways to incorporate creators on like virtual panels, webinars, having them like co-host Instagram lives. Definitely, definitely like co-branded shops like landing pages, like, oh, these are so-and-so's picks to shop this fall or something. Um, And then having them promote on social, the brand promote on social, like kind of a, you know, 360 approach. Um, So I think, yeah, more like long-term ways to work with influencers is like more of an ambassador for the brand, you know, regularly gifting them and then just keeping them in mind for like every, you know, fitting opportunity that comes, comes up. So like their fans are like, Ooh, they're going to the next like so-and-so event. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I think we have also been able to, going back to the panels, we've been able to incorporate creators that like are experts in whatever field. So having them speak to sustainability or like whatever it is they may be super passionate about. I think that's a great way to like strengthen that brand relationship and also like bring them in as like a better partner. Yeah. It's just so mutually beneficial for everyone. Agreed. I love that. Yeah. I'm definitely looking to do more stuff like that in the next year, because I feel like it's, it's just like a fresh new way. Cause again, like after the last year, I'm just like, I feel like I've been doing the same thing. I need to do something different. I'm like itching for it, you know? Totally. So it's good to know that brands are like open to it. Cool. Is there any like big 
piece of advice that each of you would give an influencer listening right now? <laughs> There's um, so much you could probably give like a, an entire speech. <laughs> I know, I guess just like try to be as like authentic as possible and like personable. Yeah. Um, I feel like that has helped me so much in this industry is just like working hard to actually like make friends, <laughs> like not just have a long list of contacts, but actually yep. be like, oh, mm -hmm. like I'm close with this long list of people or short list of people. And yeah, like it's not about quantity, but like quality. So yep. Yeah. Influencers remember <laughs> that there is a person on the other end. It is not just someone typing. <laughs> it's a person. Yeah. I also think just like over delivering and not to say like, we want to take advantage by any means, but like if they have, you know, if we require X amount of like high res images in the deliverables, like put in 10, you know, like yeah, just small things, there. small things like that, that like might not be too much of a heavy lift on the influencer side will go a long way on the brand side because they'll be like, Oh, this person really like spent time and, you know, gave us options and right. we want to work with them again. And, you know, potentially even with a bigger budget, you know, or a bigger campaign. So I think just not like just doing the bare minimum, I think just like really getting creative with it and having fun with it because that's what people want to see. Right. Yeah. Show you care. I feel like with both of what you guys said, show you care. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Pretty much sums it up. Okay. Thank you so much. This was awesome. I feel like I could actually sit here for much longer asking you a million other questions, but, but yeah, I really, really appreciate you both coming on. Where can we find coded for anyone who is codedagency.com at coded agency. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> everywhere, everything just Fine, coded everywhere. agency. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate it. And I really hope that every influencer listening got something out of it. I know they must have. Hope to work with them all soon. So we appreciate Yay! all of them and everything they do. And thank you for having us. Thank of you. course. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I hope you love this episode. Don't forget to give us a review and also give us a follow on social media. You can find us at KBOOSK, K-B-O-U-S-Q, and at your social mate, S-O-U-L, show mate. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time.